0: Welcome to Grid Talk, a series of conversations with the leaders and innovators shaping the 21st century grid. Hosting the podcast is Marty Rosenberg, an award-winning energy journalist. The series is sponsored by the Department of Energy's Office of Electricity, Advanced Grid Research Division. Now, here's Marty Rosenberg with Grid Talk.
1: Hi, and welcome to Grid Talk. It's our pleasure today to have Vivian Boe who's CPS Energy Chief Information Officer. Hi, Vivian.
0: Hi, how are we doing, Marty?
1: Great. Uh, Word about CPS, it's the largest public power and natural gas and electric company with 840,000 electric customers and over 350 natural gas customers. And it has the unique distinction of having bills and rates that are among the lowest of 20 largest uh, U.S. cities for San Antonio. Vivian, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and we're particularly pleased to have you with us because of your diverse background before diving into CPS two years ago. For four years, you were Executive Senior Director of Business Transformation at Walgreens. And prior to that, for seven years, you were Director of Strategic Healthcare Solutions for Anthem, the large insurance company. So, give us a broad view of what you know and feel about the thrust of um, artificial intelligence across the U.S. economy right now and the industries you've worked in, and then we'll zero in on utilities.
0: Um, so, Marty, you know, one of the things that you would, um, that's very apparent um, with those industries, both with healthcare and with retail, um, and in particular uh, for Walgreens Pharmacy as well, which is part of healthcare. Um, You know, they've had to go through transformation. Um, They've had to go through digital transformation. They've had to go to get to know their customers. Um, And a big staple and enabler of doing so was using artificial intelligence, using these technologies that we are seeing uh, moving into other industries as well. So um, that experience, working very closely with those uh, both technical teams, strategic teams, um, insights teams, It's uh, a knowledge that I I, I hope to bring here and apply here um, to propel what we're doing as CPS Energy Forward in terms of um, the value that we bring to our customers, but also overall for the utility industry to the extent that I can make a small difference.
1: So there is an intense interest across the utility space in artificial intelligence Um, and Uh, tapped into it back in October, um, almost a year ago, with a workshop that led to a study that had over 60 people and 40 utilities. Utilities are particularly capital intensive. Uh, Do you think that means the impact of artificial intelligence will be quite sweeping as it rolls out?
0: I, I, can, I can certainly see that as you take a look at utilities, you're right, so they're, they're very much so sort of capital intensive, um, but you want to look at um, the, in the value chain overall and how it can impact the value chain. So when I talk, talk from generation to distribution and, and like an integrated utility like, uh, like ours, uh, to retail, to trading, to even our support services, when you think across that entire spectrum, the ability to do, to improve decision-making across it, to improve performance across that value chain is where AI can be a, a, a significant enabling vehicle in order for us to do that. So yes, I do believe that the, the changes and the impacts can be quite sweeping um, across uh, even, a, even a capital-intensive um, uh, industry, such as the utilities.
1: The study that... Enroll Produce, which can be accessed directly at the smartgrid.gov site under Voices of Experience, has a breakout, a, a table of uh, use cases. It lists 15 of them, and I'd like to ask you to opine a little bit about four of them in particular. Electric vehicles. How will AI help deployment and uh, integration of EVs across San Antonio and in other markets as well?
0: Well, I mean, there's, a, there's many ways that you can apply, you can use AI there. When you take a look at, let's imagine a world in which EVs become very heavily used within the community. This is a growing market for it, um, but the full implementation of that is not fully there yet. That said, though, when that happens, and it's going to be a when, not an if, when that eventually does happen, and at least uh, as the models are beginning to project and what others are saying, you're going to want to really talk about how you manage your energy differently, how you manage your load. And so getting to really understanding how you optimize the grid, um, how you uh, forecast performance, um, and look at the trends that are happening to best understand how, how to deliver. I think that's one place that you can you can certainly use AI. Uh, The other piece of of vehicle transformation there is really around the digital part of it. Now, this is a space that how you bring services to your customers, you know, you want to get closer to your customers, understand what they want. You can use AI to better deliver the kinds of services that they're using. The question is, you know, who are the players that deliver those services, whether that's the utility or others or partnerships across the supply chain for that. Um, but that's certainly one way where you can get through some micro segmentation and targeting for those electric vehicle customers to best understand their needs and, and optimize how you bring those services to them using some predictive artificial intelligence uh, into that space.
1: Another area uh, of intense interest is use cases of AI for optimizing DER. One of the major transformations of utilities is, as you know, moving from a a model where it was large central generating stations uh, with largely a one-way directional flow of energy to distributed energy assets going out with solar, wind, um, a variety of um, microgrids. With this distributed environment, how will AI play an important role?
0: You know, um, as you mentioned, you know data uh, flows to and from a customer, and uh, that in itself can inform artificial intelligence algorithms to better understand how to to optimize, if you may, um, and manage uh, excess generation, sell it to the grid, uh, participate in demand response programs. Um, When you think about solar, a complement to that is some firming capacity, and how you think of something such as perhaps uh, batteries still still up and coming, when to charge and discharge those batteries. When you think about um, demand energy response management platforms, you know you can you know really inform the, the market operators of both consumption and production and even alert uh, potential customers of when and, and how much power to use at that time. So there's so many applications there. I can go on and on. But I
1: mentioned a few. Yeah, and we'll largely, by function of this podcast, be just dipping our toe into vast oceans of potential. Uh, Two other area of of use cases I'd like to look at. Uh, Predictive maintenance and outage management. Of course, major hurricane seasons upon us now with uh, threats to the Southeast. You have disruption in the West from fires um, in California right now. How will AI be part of the solution of utilities getting their arms around these issues?
0: Well, you know, I'll use an example for one in which uh, uh, we've deployed already. For instance, we use uh, weather-related data for, for outage uh, management to determine and to predict where we might see based on uh, looking at weather patterns, a lot of the variables that come in from a weather perspective. Looking at our systems as well, and and we're looking at how we best incorporate that information as well as, as in terms of how our systems have performed. But the model that we put out there ultimately better informs when you see a weather pattern come in, and, and those weather patterns may look different. Where can you potentially expect an outage to happen? That gets our crews ready. It gets our, our customer success team ready. We understand how to. Uh, put labor models in place how many how many crews do we need whether it's uh whether they're responding to customers whether they are proactively trying to prevent the outage from happening and and going out there to 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 make changes that that's one way where we can see an application of of AI in place predictively to better perform around that the amount of opportunity here can be pretty pretty large right so you got a proliferation is of sensors that are out in the ecosystem of assets that we're managing. One thing you want to be able to go to is to be beginning to understand the patterns of performance and when an asset could be more vulnerable for a breakage, get to it before it breaks, and then clearly uh mitigate that before you see any kind of a of a of a disruption um, that is um. Unanticipated. So the intent is around getting to better reliability, getting to better resiliency overall, too. And that's another place, uh, a lot of opportunity there, and one in which uh, we're really just beginning to scratch the surface.
1: And what about cost savings?
0: Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, uh, Marty, because by doing that, then of course, there's a cost that comes uh, to Un, you know, unanticipated breakages that you you, did, you don't have, that you weren't anticipating. And of course, um, so that can, then that can certainly get you ahead of the curve in terms of reducing uh, operational costs overall uh, around those assets and how you manage those assets. It also allows you to predict, uh, more reliably predict, uh, what your cost to operational costs might look like Um, as you think about your budgeting cycle. So the intent is to manage the cost and also hopefully better inform what your spending could be. But these are all areas that are under exploration and we're just beginning to scratch the surface there.
1: So it's been said that AI for for the decade of 2000 to 2010 has been about largely intelligent automation. And now we're moving more to, to deploying grid intelligence, overseeing the technology roadmap and innovation functions at CPS, where would you say CPS is in terms of the continuum of AI deployment? How would you describe it? What have you accomplished and what challenges are directly ahead of you?
0: I would say that's a, that's a great question. So in terms of AI, what we've accomplished is um, there's many many applications here. One of them certainly is the one that I just spoke about, which is um, the predictive side of outage management, and we've been leveraging AI there. Um, another part, which is a very part, a large part of our budget, which we're exploring and we have some very promising results, is vegetation management. Um, and this is where you, uh, rather than having crews and teams go out there surveying the landscape, this gets them to better you know, as you look at vegetation management, of course, that impacts reliability. Um, trees and 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 plants, etc., as they begin to get closer to your to your assets, your vertical assets, your power lines, your, your your distribution lines. Having a control of that of of a very large and expansive, like CPS Energy, in our service territory, you're talking about a very large area to manage. And what we're doing is we look at the vegetation manage using LiDAR data, for instance. To predict where we should and where we should prioritize focus uh, for vegetation management. Like, like we're just uh, starting that and we've got some beginning promising models, but very good there. The other place is certainly, you know, we've deployed our smart meter technologies and we've been in it for, for several years now. And we're beginning to take that data to better manage the grid overall. Um, and turn that around in terms of operational efficiencies gained um, for the grid or to better inform us how the grid is performing. I would say, though, that this is one area where, again, still exploratory, and we have a lot more to do there and a lot of use cases that we're exploring. But those are a few where we've um, already started to leverage the data. There's other examples. Um, I can certainly talk about them, but uh, you you let me know how far we <laughs> how much deeper you want me to go there.
1: Just just give us a 30,000-foot assessment of, of how deeply you are into capitalizing on AI. Would you say you're at the beginning, you're at the middle, or you, f- you have a fairly mature effort go- underway?
0: I, I would say that we're somewhere between the beginning and the middle because when you start getting into impacting core operational areas um, and finding value through your AI modeling and, and um, capabilities. I think you're beyond nascent, but do, you know there's more to do there in terms of um, uh, the expense of that. We're not mature yet, but, uh, and that's ahead of us, and, and we see this as an, as an opportunity to continue to mature in this area. Uh, when I talk about operational, examples would be renewable energy curtailment, as an example, um, citywide load forecasting, Um, And even for safety, um, motor vehicle accident frequency pattern identification to, you know, increase safety for employees um, and so on and so forth. So I would say nascent to closer to middle.
1: Okay. so uh, the NREL Voices of Experience report on AI has some advice for getting started. And there are several bullet points and I'd just like to read them and have you offer up your thoughts. Build simple examples to attain buy-in.
0: Well, I would say that, you know, folks think about AI or digital transformation or things like that, and they seem like very lofty aspirational goals. To obtain buy-in is to start doing the things that are maybe even the low-hanging fruit. They may not be the most um, flashiest, but start to build... um, Um, some real value for the business to hold on to. And that may not be actually AI, but just unlocking the value within the data itself through basic business business intelligence on the way to AI. But when folks get better hand of their data, that's an example of where I would say, we start to get business folks that that, that become your voices um, and supporters for what value they can get out of data and moving towards AI.
1: Take an enterprise wide approach to evaluating metrics and value?
0: Well, when you take a look at that, I you know um, if you focus in on one area only, um, I, I, I like the idea of taking an enterprise wide view. And this is one in which we talked about in uh, recently in the uh, workshop that we had back in February. For the enterprise, when you have an enterprise and people can see the bigger picture of what you're trying to envision, You may not be fully there yet, but you wanna talk about the enterprise as a whole in order to understand the full value that you may be able to unlock. Um, And by doing so with some real examples of what that looks like, you can start talking about what metrics that have value to the enterprise that can be impacted positively by doing an AI initiative. So think wider, think about the full value chain not just one area of the value chain. You may begin to deliver value in one area, but start with the bigger picture across the value chain. And the reason why is because you, you want to unlock value both in one area, but not it in another. So you, that allows you to think about the enterprise as a whole and get the enterprise involved in what you're trying to do.
1: Consider the customer.
0: Well, you know, that's one thing that I think you probably want to lead with is what the impacts are to your customers. We're as you mentioned, a municipally owned uh, utility, which means we serve the community, which means the community and what we do for our customers needs to be at the forefront in all of our thinking. Because ultimately, what we're doing is to service them. Uh, So we want to think about the impact of AI and how it brings value to them. And, And that may take multiple shapes, and that's perfectly all right, but you want to be able to demonstrate the impact to the customer and, and, and have the, their voices reflected in what you're doing, whether it's through services or in a better uh, reducing amount of outages that they see or to proactively prevent outages. Take that view because it gets people, one, excited, two, the community excited, three, you're delivering better services overall.
1: Why don't we stay on just for one more question? And that is San Antonio is fairly unique demographic, I would think. It also has some um, tech going on. To what extent do different customer bases dictate a different approach to AI by a utility?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's a very good question. One of the areas, and we're just exploring this. So um, our chief customer engagement officer and I and his group, we work very closely together to understand the profiles of customers that we have and what is most important to them, whether that's these small business customer, whether that's the residential customer, or maybe it's a customer um, that is struggling um, within the residential segments or sub-segments. Um, you know, you want to understand what they're, what they're trying to accomplish and what needs you need to meet. How does it dictate? You need to find a balance because they're all important. You need to find what you prioritize and do so equitably across the spectrum of profiles. Now, what they prioritize may look different, um, but you certainly want to strike a balance to meet all of their needs, and, and that's what we're working towards, and what we're doing. And we certainly do that already in our services that we do day to day. But as we think about the application of AI, that's the work that's I would say that's that's ahead of us as we look at um, segmenting the the customers and their needs, and and and, and striking a balance uh, across all of them to service their the most uh, the highest priority needs.
1: Great. Two more points for getting started. One is: do not isolate AI projects.
0: So this is I love this this one. Um, here's why. So sometimes you may be tempted because AI it's a you know, it's highly tech it can be very high technical, um, and um, and and if you take you if you take your AI initiatives and you only focus on maybe value that the organization can can get behind. Um, the challenge is if you don't involve the organization and they are not your um, advocates, if you may, or they may not be ready, maybe great, but they're not ready to consume it yet because they have other, other uh, priorities or challenges or focus area. Um, now you are isolated. Now you're doing something that uh, requires a push versus a pull. You want the organization to be pulling you in versus you pushing out only to the organization. It's both; it's push and pull. But if you're completely isolated, then it's a harder. Now you're dealing with a bigger change management of changing the mind and getting people to see what you're trying to do. You want to be collaborating with them. Um, I think it's one of the other items where I call collaboration across that is very important, so that you have the highest priorities that the organization can get behind.
1: And lastly, do not chase perfection, chase improvement.
0: Yes. So uh, one of, um, somebody said this to me and I'm going to steal it <laughs> because I think it's a very good thing. When you have a room and on the table, there's uh, piles of, let's just say money um, and at different heights, right? Uh, you've got uh, one at 16 inches high, another at uh, two feet high and another at six feet high. If you're only chasing the highest pile uh, you may be missing the lowest hanging fruit. You're walking in where AI can bring in value. Grab, be strategic about what you're doing. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much value. Don't focus on perfection. Getting better ultimately is how you drive value sooner and into the hands of people. It's, a, it's an agile way of thinking is deliver incremental improvements, test it out, understand, learn, cycle back, Go on for the next uh, set of improvements, and and from there you you in my mind bring value faster and sooner, as well as um, in a, in, a, in a valued way.
1: The last set of issues I'd like you to think about and uh, talk to us about. We go through buzzwords in business, um, Internet of Things, and, and uh, I can go on and on. AI is one of them now. Do you think it has a mystique that needs to be demystified, and are some people putting too much hope into it? And uh, do we need to debunk some of the expectations people have as to what AI can deliver?
0: Well, I, I would say that um, there is a, a there's certainly value that AI can can deliver. But when I think about AI, you know. Yeah, you know, some folks may take it maybe too far onto the right. right? We, like, for instance, maybe we make people's jobs obsolete and maybe AI could be bad for humanity. The future might look like the Terminators and, and the Matrix and, and so on and so forth, if I can just use that as, as, as examples. I would say that you know AI is what you can use to automate, as an example, things that are routine and freeze human beings to do what they do best right, um, to solve problems. So it is not AI in place of humans, it's AI to enable humans to do better at what they they ultimately do. The intelligence lies there um, and the problem solving is there. Um, So you bring the two together and that's that's how you get the most value out of it. So I would demystify this idea that artificial intelligence replaces people. It, it, it gets you to solve problems differently, but it allows, it also unleashes humans to do what they do best, which is also uh, solving problems. So that's one thing.
1: Great. And is there any over-expectation of what it can deliver?
0: Well, I would say that the over-expectation on what it can deliver, it really depends on what you're using to ground yourself. Um, expectation is, of AI can be pretty big but you also be, need to have a pragmatic and realistic approach to it. Um, and so each organization has a different journey that they're on. Uh, for some, um, it may look different uh, for others in that their expectations are larger, but they've, they've put. Um, they've done the hard work um, to lay pragmatic foundations in place, such as data governance, such as um, data quality in order to unleash the data. And that those are the foundations um, that you need. So I would say that you can think big with AI, but you've got to do the hard work of laying the right foundations in order to unleash the value. You need the organization behind you. You take an enterprise approach and, and um, a customer lens, and you'll have the realistic version of what AI can deliver for your organization. And that differs for each. That's how I look at it.
1: Great. Thank you, Vivian.
0: You're very welcome.
1: Thanks for listening to Grid Talk. We've been talking to Vivian Bouet, who's the Chief Information Officer for CPS Energy in San Antonio. And she's been sharing her insights about artificial intelligence and what that will mean for the utility industry. You have been listening to Grid Talk. Please send us feedback or questions at gridtalk at nrel.gov. We encourage you to give the podcast a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the series or to subscribe, download, and access your artificial intelligence report that we've been exploring in this podcast, go to smartgrid.gov.
0: Thanks for listening to Grid Talk, presented by the U.S. Department of Energy, Office of Electricity, Advanced Grid Research Division. Subscribe through your favorite podcast provider
1: or visit smartgrid.gov for more information.